What's going on, guys? It's Nick here, back with another video. It's Wednesday. It's time to take a look at my favorite trade targets for week five. To be honest, not as exciting as the first few weeks. You can't buy low on AJ Brown anymore. Can't buy low on Jamar Chase anymore. Uh, there are honestly just very few players who are significantly underperforming their volume expectations so far. So might just have to wait a few weeks or maybe even just one week for someone to uh, really underperform. I'll start by mentioning a few players that uh, I talked about in the past that I still want to go after, even though they haven't been performing really well. So that's Brees Hall, Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, and Dallas Goddard. I would still be trading for those four players, even though, again, the production has not been there since I said trade for them, like last week or the week before. Hall was around the same snapshot last week. We've been hoping he would increase. Um, it did increase up to two weeks ago, but then it was kind of the same uh, last week, didn't increase at all. Um, but he was once again the best running back on the team. He does continue to get healthier every single week. He should have probably had like an 80-yard rushing touchdown, but Conklin fell down in front of him, who was going to block the safety for the easy touchdown. And so then Hall was probably anticipating him not falling down and actually blocking the guy in front of him. Uh, and then he couldn't make a miss, gets tackled. Uh, so he ends up with what, like six carries, 56 yards, something like that. Uh, but these big plays keep happening and he's still not 100%. Like once he is 100% to close the season, He's going to be getting a lot more touches, both on the ground and through the air. He's going to continue being super explosive. And listen, even headlined by Zach Wilson, who I'm going to be fair to Zach Wilson. Look, that was his best game he's ever played, right? He looked half decent, which is never something you can say about him. If he continues playing like that, you know, stock's going up for all these Jets players. Not super high, right? We still would prefer to trade for someone, uh, but better, right? But even that, even Zach Wilson playing like that, like this is a team that would prefer to build a lead, lean on the defense, and run the ball. They just haven't been able to do that because Zach Wilson can't get them a lead. And then, of course, they're playing Kansas City. They're not going to jump out to a lead in that game. But there will be weeks where the Jets get up, teams can't really move the ball against their defense, and that Brees Hall starts to rack up a lot of carries. And once he's 100%, they're going to be more willing to give him these carries. I think in the second half of the season... He's going to have a really good year. Um, I think he can be a running back one over the second half. People who drafted him took him early are probably not off to an amazing start. And so if you can trade for him now and afford to bench him probably for a few more weeks before then rolling him out there, you know, you're 3-1, and one, you're 4-0, oh, you can afford to take the hit, I would do it. Very similar story with Burrow, with T. Higgins. Uh, the people who drafted them are very upset right now they are unlikely to have gotten off to a really good start so if you're doing well you can afford to take the hit short term doesn't mean you're like you know trading them away for draft cost you know you're not giving them amazing players but if the person really needs to win right now they're probably not going to ask for a whole lot and of course, they're going to ask for less than what Burrow and Higgins will be worth in the second half of the season once they both get healthy. Um, you just have to know it's going to be gross in the short term. Like Burrow's clearly still hurt. Higgins just got hurt. I'm expecting both to be healthy in like a month or so, like in that general range. And so if you can afford to like, you look at it and you're like, okay, I'm three and one, I'm four and oh. I don't need to start them. I can probably trade them for bench players or maybe like a flex player that I have uh, someone of equal value on the bench. So I don't really care which one it is. You know, if you can do that, think you can still win. You're winning in the long term because you're taking the short term hit for future game. Um, I wouldn't like give up your quarterback for Burrow 
and then be like, oh, guess I'm starting Burrow from now on. No, like I, I still don't want to be starting Joe Burrow until I see that he's healthy. But if you have two, maybe the person that drafted Burrow picked up someone off free agency. Now they're benching Burrow. They're still playing bad. They need help at other positions. They need help at wide receiver, running back. Like you might be able to give up like a flex player to acquire Burrow, to acquire T. Higgins if that team needs to win right now. I think that's definitely worth it. And then Dallas Goddard, um, he's not actually underperforming his volume by that much. Like given the volume that he's receiving, he's performing worse than expected, but not significantly worse. What I said last week was I think the volume itself is going to increase didn't happen last week it was a really bad matchup against the commanders but it's a neutral one this week gets the second best matchup for tight ends in week six six best matchup for tight ends in week seven so things are probably going to look up for dallas goddard again it's dallas goddard like i know that they have aj brown they have uh Devonta smith i know they have now deandre swift like this is a great offense, but he had 55 and 58 receiving yards per game last two seasons. He's down to 22 right now. He's not going to finish the season with 22 receiving yards per game. Dallas Goddard's a great player. He's going to be involved in this team. It's just a matter of time before he has a good game. I'm not expecting him to be like a top five tight end, but he should be someone moving forward that we can still use every single week. And if, you know, the person that drafted him struggling isn't really using him anymore, someone to go after. Some new names that I've not mentioned before. Um, top one this week is Tony Pollard. Dallas destroyed New England by what? It was like 38 to three last week. Um, what's going to happen in games like that is if the touchdowns don't flow through Tony Pollard, right? We have a game like McCaffrey. McCaffrey was the one scoring all of those touchdowns. He didn't care if it got up really big late. Like it doesn't matter. Like he scored those touchdowns. If you're on the other side of that, Tony Pollard, their team got up really quickly but it wasn't him scoring the touchdowns, it's going to lead to potential duds even in really good games. He has 60 yards, doesn't score 14 touches, making it, I believe, three straight weeks now without scoring. He scored in week one, has not scored since. But the thing is, Pollard is first in red zone carries with 27 with like four or five more than second place. He's third with five carries inside the five-yard line. Like, the volume is there. It's not us being like, oh, no, does Tony Pollard not have the goal line role? Does not have a red zone role? He has the most carries by a good chunk of any player in the NFL inside the red zone. He's just only scored twice on those carries. Well, everyone else inside the top five has scored at least five times. That's why he's second in expected points per game for any max, but only 12th in actual touchdowns are coming for Tony Pollard he's due for a big run soon breaking off a big run he's been running back through the rest of the season like if you can get him any cheaper than that do it he's awesome he's going to be awesome uh, I would also go after Ramondre Stevenson he was on the other side of that blowout game uh, and he's had a really rough year 2.7 yards per carry zero games over 60 rushing yards only one game over 10 receiving yards with that being said he's still a very very talented player and if New England wants to do anything on offense this season, they're going to need to use him. They're going to need to feature him at some point. This offense cannot flow through Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Devonta Parker. Like, it, it just can't. You know, you, you can't use those players and expect to be even a mediocre offense in the NFL. I think he's going to see more targets in the future. I think they're going to kind of shift this workload. I don't know what they were doing. I mean, last week was because they were playing Dallas, but I don't know what they're doing, giving Ezekiel Elliott like a decent amount of touches. They're going to eventually give more to Stevenson. He's going to be decent. 
And he's not going to cost you anything in the trade market, right? Like no one's asking for running back one value for Ramondre Stevenson right now. I bet you, you could do a two for one trade, see what they're weak at, whether weaker at running back or wide receiver. But if they're kind of set at running back, they don't need Stevenson as much. Maybe you could trade like a lesser running back just to give them something. And then a wide receiver in that like 35 to 45 range, like just give them like two flex players and you can probably pretty easily get Ramondre Stevenson. Um, also, if we look forward, this shouldn't factor in very much at all. But if we're thinking about week one of the fantasy playoffs, who's going to play? The Broncos. Number one matchup. Everyone wants to play the Broncos. Can pretty much guarantee you the Patriots are going to score multiple touchdowns in that game. Multiple will probably come from the running backs. And so it's something to think about if you were like a little hesitant before. Uh, last two players we'll for today are also both on the Cowboys. So we're really just buying low on the entire Cowboys offense really. But it is Dak and it is Brandon Cooks. Dak is the second most underperforming quarterback behind Joe Burrow. He is 11th in expected points per game, 21st in actual points per game. Then Brandon Cooks is the second most underperforming wide receiver behind T. Higgins. He is 53rd in expected fantasy points, 91st in actual points per game. Main culprit here, touchdowns, big plays. Brandon Cooks has not had a big play this season. His yards perception are very low because of that. A big play is coming I will note that it doesn't seem like they're utilizing him a ton downfield. I don't know. I think eventually they're going to kind of turn him loose, give him some more downfield targets, utilize him more than they have. Um, but yeah, like it's coming, right? Dallas has not been good at all in the red zone. They're 30th behind the Texans and the Saints in scoring touchdown percentage. So like when you get into the red zone, what percentage of those drives result in a touchdown? For Dallas, it is just 36.84%. Horribly low. Again, 30th behind only the Texans and the Saints. That's terrible. And that's going to increase, right? They rank fourth in scoring. They're scoring 31 points per game. But defensive touchdowns and inefficiency in the red zone has led to them only ranking 17th in offensive touchdowns per game, despite ranking top five in all of the last three years that Dak has been healthy. This is an offense that consistently has been very, very, very good, very efficient. They started off this season very inefficient. Once the defensive touchdowns stop happening, which is going to happen, I know everyone can point to that and be like, well, they're a really good defense. Defensive touchdowns are incredibly random. They're not going to pace for 0.8 per game all season. That is way higher. That's like twice as high of a pace that anyone had, even the best defense last season. And it's not even best defense. Like to get a defensive touchdown, you just kind of have to be lucky. You just have to be in the right spot at the right time. They're going to score fewer defensive touchdowns moving forward. And they're also, they're going to be more efficient in the red zone. They're going to score more touchdowns. And touchdowns are such a big part of fantasy that all these players are going to be better. Once they're not 30th in red zone touchdown percentage, Cooks is going to look better. Pollard is going to look better. Dak is going to look better. That's why all these players are like the most underperforming at their position in fantasy. But they shouldn't be long-term. We know Dallas is going to be good. I know that they had a coaching change. That's not it. They're not going to be this bad all season. It's randomness over a four-week sample. They're going to improve. So I would invest in the Cowboys offense. And honestly, you know the people are panicking, right? Like, I have Pollard rest of season as a running back three. Dak as the quarterback, 14. Cook's pretty far out there, but that's kind of based on what he's done so far. I would just say for Cook's, it's more of like a... um. 
he's more of an upside like bench option, right? You're hoping long-term he's going to be an upside flex play. Right now, you can't really be starting him, but the hope is you can flip him for like some other player that's on your bench and just be like, listen, this other player is outperforming Cooks right now, but has no real upside. Maybe use him at some point, but not like a ton of upside. Cooks at least has the upside to potentially be used in the flex. So that's how I would kind of view it. But I would just say people who drafted those three players are not super pumped. After week one, I have uh, 20 part in one league. You're pumped after week one. You're not pumped with what's been happening over the last few weeks. But again, it's just the touchdowns. Those are going to be coming. Same thing with Dak Prescott. It's just the touchdowns. That's why they're underperforming right now. That's going to, you know, fall in their favor. The luck's going to fall in their favor moving forward. So those are the players I'd be trading for this week. If you want to see my full rest season rankings and projections, along with my weekly rankings and projections, you can see the all on my website, thefantasyfootballadvice.com. If you want to see any of the stats I talked about today, the expected fantasy points, actual fantasy points, you want to see, you know, air yards per game, you want to see everything broken down only in weeks two through four, you can see all that also on the website. I'll be back tomorrow to break down every single game this week. Then, my friends, is in this one. Hope you all enjoyed. If you did, have a hit the like button, have subscribed to the channel if you're new here. Thanks for watching.